Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And we are the two bearded ladies. It is March 15th, and this is our 31st podcast. 31st podcast. You know what? What? That is literally a month of podcasts. It is a month of podcasts. You could listen to a podcast every day for a month, even in the long ones. Even in the long ones, which March is, but since it's already started, you'd have to start in April. Yeah. And that's a short one, so you'd get to skip this one! Woo! Or another one of your choosing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want to skip the one where we talked about Patrick Kane for literally the entire time. Or maybe you want to skip the one with that we sing a lot. For, <laughs> for, for reasons. For reasons. That's coming up again! Oh my god, that's right. We're yeah. almost close to the... I'm not prepared for the season to be over. I'm I not was, prepared for the postseason. Like, last year... I didn't, like, the Stars were out of the playoffs by this point. Well, mostly out of the playoffs by this point. There's a slim hope. There was a very, very slim hope that nobody really was clinging to except, like, people who truly, truly are deluded and, you know, full of hope, which I am not. Um, And this year, I'm not, it's not stressful because I'm like, oh, well, we're going to be in it. It's fine. But then every time I think about what being in it means. I know. And then I'm, then I start getting panicky, like, but are we going to get out of the first round? <laughs> like, deep, deep breaths? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. In fact, we are so in it that, uh, per topic number one. We only need eight more points. Eight to clinch, points. to clinch, not like the first that, not to clinch first or anything, but just to be in the playoffs, like a guaranteed. We in could the mix. lose every game after those four games and be eight seed, but we'd still be in the playoffs. Yeah. So at this point, I think we've got what thirteen games left. Twelve games left. Twelve games. We have twelve left. games left. So total of twenty four points. We need to win four of them for a total of eight points, or lose four. Eight in overtime, or you know, any combination, any combination thereof. thereof. So, but the point is, it's going to be fairly easy for us to make those eight points. Can you, can you knock on wood or something? I mean, I know it's not very likely we go on a twelve-game losing streak, but what if we do go on a twelve-game losing streak? Okay. <laughs> We're not going to go on a twelve-game. We're streak. not going to go on a twelve-game losing streak. So what if we go on a ten-game? I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's exhaustifying being me. It, I can believe it. <laughs> it's, it's probably exhaustifying being my friend, isn't it? <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. You like, chose this life. Did I, I have to live it without choice? I'm just me. You're like I was born this way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I kind of was. I so I would, but I was trying to. I was thinking about that. I mean, obviously, like. With working for today's Slapshot and, and editing all these things and stuff like that, I was like, man, the postseason's almost here. I was like, at, at, at one point I was like, ah, oh, the regular season's almost over. Things will chill a bit. And then I was like, no, Carolyn, that is not how hockey works. <laughs> no, really, honestly, you have until July for things to start no, chilling. And then, and then in July you get free agency frenzy. Yeah, but that's, but that's over. It's over pretty quick. Yeah, it's over, like, at a certain time, and then it's done, and then... Yeah. Yeah, it's like you basically don't get any time off till August. But that's okay. Yeah, because by the time my birthday rolls around, there's really not much going on, and... Until until you hit, like, September training camps. Yeah. Then you're... That's when things start picking up again. Yep. 
because most of the time you get a bunch and bunch of trades and stuff at the draft and then a bunch of signings on free agency day and then nothing from about the end of that first week until uh, about training camp starts and that's when more tra- trades and stuff pick back up. PTOs. PTOs. All of that. But I'm, st- I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the regular season to be over. I'm really not. I've enjoyed it so much this year. Well, it's certainly been better than last year, where last year was kind of depressing. It was, and I was thinking about that, too. It was like, wow, what a very different podcast we're recording right now. Well, remember last year around this time, it was like nothing but updates on how slim our chances were to get into the playoffs, (laughs) and now we're like, yo, dudes, we just need eight points. Eight points. That's it. Ah. Uh, I think it's important to note that even though the LA Kings just beat somebody five, the Blackhawks five nothing last night, and we're playing them tonight. Jason Spezza had a baby today. Jason Spezza had a baby, or his wife had a baby. Okay, I'm just kidding. His <laughs> wife had a baby, but I'm fairly confident. Baby goal, baby goal. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm fairly confident she's not gonna be scoring any goals for probably us. Probably not. I mean, probably not. Could could happen. Weirder things have happened in the scale of things that happen, but. More than likely, I I predict a Spezza tear tonight. Baby hat trick! Baby hat trick! I mean, you do you, Spezza, but since you doing you is scoring lots of goals. Right? Mm-hmm. Is going on, is, what, is a seven-game goal streak at this point? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Giggle Pizza is on fire! Fire! Uh, uh, Jamie's on his point uh, goal streak right now too. I mean, he? it's a it's a two game goal streak. That's not a streak. That is a two game coincidence. It's a streak when he went for like twenty games without a goal. He did not go for twenty games without. It a felt goal. like that. I'm calling it a streak, and you can't stop me. Two games is not a streak. Can't, of anything. Can't 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 call it. Can't can't make me stop. <laughs> can't. If I just try to can't. Speak, I knew. Can't. Anyway, he has scored twice in his last, or scored once in his last two games, and um, it's also been when he's been separated with uh, from Tyler Sagan because they have not played together the last two games. Yes and no. So while they are not, they are in fact separated. I think at least one of those goals he scored was on the power play. Yes, and no, because it was yeah, from Tyler Sagan. I remember, I remember screaming Benguin goal to tie it because that so. was uh, I was there. On Saturday night. That's right, you were. I was, and um, I have never... The It was really cool... Well, we'll get back into this when I get when I talk about Pest Protects Night, but um, it was it was a really fun atmosphere in that game, and that I arena. Felt so, I'm just really glad we're not playing... Like, in, if we get the Blues, I'm still very confident in our ability to beat them, yeah. despite our record, because the Blues only really beat us in overtime, and overtime is not overtime in the playoffs. Nope. Overtime is five on five hockey, which we can dominate against mm-hmm. the Blues. So we, uh, it was so frustrating because we dominated that whole game. Like seriously, up until the third period where we just started getting really gassed and tired. Which we played the Blackhawks the night before. Like it's kind of understandable. Yeah. So, but like the first two periods were amazing. We had like three t- times the number of shots on goal, probably more than that, and like blocks and everything else. Um, and then. Like, we were constantly down in there, and, and it was awesome and amazing, except that, like, defensive breakdowns and anti-Niemi happened. And also, 
really shit refing. Oh my god. Do not. Okay. You cannot hold somebody with your goddamn neck. Okay? Like, I do not understand how you can call it holding on Radic Faxa when somebody comes behind him and, like, clotheslines him onto the ice. That's not holding. No, I That don't. is being assaulted. <laughs> that is what that is. I was... And then they scored on that power... On that... The four four on. and four. I was so mad! Yeah, that was... It, it, what, bad calls always end up in your net. And that's a part of what really pissed me off about that game is that it was like... Again, there was a four-on-four four goal and not even a... Yeah, sorry. It wasn't even a power play goal. It, was it wasn't even a power play goal, but the thing is... 4v4. Like, that, that was... That's like the only time they can beat us is yeah. when they when we're down a person, Assholes. regardless of how many people they have. Um, but the the penalty kill has actually been a lot better recently. Good mm-hmm. ass, a lot. Um, I actually I pulled a lot of numbers the other day because you were writing that thing about Chris Russell, right? Because I was writing about Chris Russell, and the which ch- segues into number two. I was going there. I nice. was going there. Oh, sorry. Uh, and I have come to the conclusion that Chris Russell actually fits. I've come to the cautious conclusion. Let me, I will caveat the shit out of this. That Chris Russell works really well in the Stars system. Yes. Because he's a thinking defenseman when he is given the ability to think. And I have a feeling that the Calgary Flames defensive system does not care what you want to do. They just want you to play the way they want to play. Whereas Lindy Ruff is obviously, I mean, we've seen it all year, right? With Especially with like Klingberg and Goligoski and even Demers this season too. How he's like, he's comfortable with the defense, you know, kind of taking their time, changing position, jumping into the offense trying to carry pucks out of the zone and versus dumping pucks out of the zone, that sort of thing, and taking more risks. And Chris Russell seems to be that kind of guy who can play very smartly, and I have a feeling that that was complete antithesis of what he was being asked to do in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And it was like oil and water probably there. Whereas probably so, which, you know, played out in his metrics. Yeah, which... Is why, I mean, he honestly looked like the shittiest defenseman in the league. Yeah, and I mean... Stats-wise. And, like, honestly, even watching his videotape, he wasn't great. No, and I I was one of those people that was totally down on him when that trade happened, and I don't feel bad about that, because I was working with the information that I had, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to apologize for working for with the information that I had. Right now, I will say, thank you, Chris Russell, for coming to the stars, because you've been great. Yeah. You've been exactly what we needed at exactly the time we needed it. Oh, God. And and I think that's hilarious, too, is just, like, all year we've been on nil for being, like, what the fuck are we going to do with all these eight defensemen? <laughs> and then we get three injuries in the same fucking week. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> and, then, and that said, like, Russell had, I think it was his first, it was his second game, because he played in the game against Nashville, which was a disaster. Right. But, for everybody, though. Yeah. No, it was a disaster for everybody. It was definitely not Chris Russell's fault. Uh, Klingberg gets injured the very next game. So Chris Russell has was slated to be kind of a roving D-man so they could figure out where he fit in after that, you know, for a couple games. 
And then, nope, you are in the top pair. Like, that is... Have fun! <laughs> Enjoy your 24 minutes a night! Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's been performing really well at 24 minutes a night. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, clearly his fitness level is good. He's keeping up with the stars, which is one of the things that I think uh, I would have been very worried about with uh, Hamhui, because he's older. Who? Uh, Dan, uh, what's his Ham-hues. name? Hamhuis. yes. I don't... I always not what it looks like in French. <laughs> well, you've got to give up this French thing. I know. Because <laughs> this happens to you literally every time every you try time. to say a player's name. I know. Well, because I only ever read them. I never, I hate, I mute the TV whenever anybody's talking because they're... Oh, not, well, there's your problem. God, but they're awful. Commentators are terrible. Well, I also listen to hockey podcasts more than you do, apparently. I do not listen to hockey podcasts because I'm bad about listening to podcasts in general. I like to listen to him when I get ready for work in the morning, and on my drive to work in the morning, and sometimes when I'm playing Mass Effect, <laughs> <laughs> because I've played that game so much that, like, I don't need to listen to the dialogue, I know what I need to do, so I'm just, like, catching up in my podcast while I shoot things in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But, yeah, Chris Russell, not as terrible as we thought. Not as terrible as we thought, and actually quite good on the penalty kill. Quite good on the penalty kill. Which is helping a lot with the star's penalty kill. Weird how that works. Yeah. You know what I found funny about Chris Russell? <laughs> um, <laughs> the star's picture day. Did you see that photo? No. The star's picture day photo. So I found out how they arrange people, and I didn't know this, but, like, they have the captain, obviously, front and center. Right. On the second row, they have the veteran guys, the guys that have been in the league for a really long time, you know, like the assistant captains and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so they'll have them on the on the middle row, and they'll be, like, shortest person in the middle arranged by height going out. But that's also how they do the back row. They have the shortest person in the middle and then height going out. <laughs> and then, like, defense will be on one side and forwards will be on the other. And then because there's always more forwards than defense, like, one or two forwards will be over there. Um, so the linchpin in the, in the back row is Chris Russell. Because he's so tiny. Oh, my God. I do not. I'm like, now that I've seen him in person, I do not believe the NHL height listed of 5'11". Like, there's no, no way. No way. No way. Sorry. <laughs> no. Don't believe you. Like, not gosh. even a little bit. No, he's tiny. Like he looks smaller than Klingberg. Oh, he is. He is short. He's he's shorter and skinnier than Klingberg. Oh my. Well, I knew he like his weight was always listed as lower than Klingberg. Yeah, but he's I shorter think, than Klingberg. I think Klingberg's listed at five eleven or five ten. Well, he's definitely. Mm, I don't think he's five ten. Uh, I'm gonna look real quick. Oh, okie dokie. Because now I'm curious. Uh, the other. So uh, aside from from. Klingberg being out, who is also going to be again out tonight against the Kings. Although he was skating today. He was fortunately skating today. Almost everybody was skating today. Girl. What? Klingberg is listed at 6'2". He's not <laughs> Yeah, he is. He, okay, but that's fine. But he's not five listed at 5'10". I always... Nor I'm, is he 5'10". No, but I thought... Oh, Chris Russell is now listed at 5'10". Okay. There you go. Which there. I still don't believe, but that's fine. I guarantee you Klingberg was not listed at 6'2 earlier this year, though. He might be 6'2 now, because he's still Um, young. I did that height chart. He's also 10 pounds lighter, or heavier than Chris Russell. Yeah. Yeah. That's his preseason weight, though. Yeah. That's, he's not one, what did you say, 180 or 185? Yeah, 180. Yeah, he's not 180 anymore. <laughs> Good lord. Jamie Alexiak is listed at 260. Well, he's uh, giant. I know, he is. He's very giant. <laughs> I will say I did enjoy Jamie Alexiak playing against Ryan Reeves the other day. 
because that was hilarious. Because Reeves, like, literally went in for one of those, like, bone crushers and bounced <laughs> off. <laughs> and G- Alexiak was like, what? Take your- I got a fly on me. <laughs> I know. Take your targets, bud. Take your targets. Well, I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. I know. go after the biggest guy, <laughs> you know, but... Did not, did not For work. For some reason in my head, I just started going all sci-fi. Do you have a firing solution? Like, that was not the right one. Uh, so, other injuries we've got going on right now, other than Klingberg, who is finally skating, but was not, is not playing tonight. Patrick Sharp, also skating and not playing. Right. Uh... Jason Demers obviously, is out for this season, which is a huge blow. He was having a great year. Um, Jordy Ben, skating but not playing. And now, Janmark is out. Which, apparently, so he was scratched the other night. Um, and I just thought it was a healthy scratch that they were rotating somebody else in. But now Refa said it wasn't a healthy scratch. That it was an injury scratch that he just didn't disclose. <laughs> yeah, because everybody reported it as a healthy scratch. Yeah, yeah. And I was a little bit like, are you, well, okay. Fine, I mean, whatever, He I hasn't, guess. like, scored in a while, but. Yeah, it seemed kind of weird. But, um, so yeah, he is out and, um, it didn't sound like his was as serious as some of the others. Like, mm-hmm. it, it sounded more like a day-to-day kind of a thing. But. So, do you think they would call somebody up? They've got two forwards out now, but they've already called Richie, and they might call somebody else up. Yeah. Because they've already got Fox up. They've already got Richie up. They've already got Johns up to fill in on defense. Yeah, and he's been having a good... He start, he Well, he's only gotten the two games under his belt right now. Right. I I think he was better against the Blackhawks than he, he was. He was better the first night, yeah. I, I think he also had something to prove against the Blackhawks. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he likes those guys just fine, but, you know, they, they are still the team that let him go, so... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so he was really good in his debut, and I think, I think he lost some of his chill... When he was playing against he did. the Blues. Uh, a lot of people lost their chill against the Blues. Right. The Blues are terrible. Well, it was bad. also just like, the, in the first two minutes of the game, Stastny grabs onto Fox's stick and nobody calls it and they just all go, like, end up going skating down the ice. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Ugh. It really culminated for me in that fox to take down though no that was the worst call. that was probably the worst call of the night and that included the game after the kings got five power plays in the first period apparently they were they were getting all the calls in their favor so dumb it's like officiating is so i try not to be that person i really really do and honestly, the Stars are actually one of the least penalized teams in the league. Because you said penal. I did. Uh, Scotty Upshaw, that's who it was. Who did what now? Scotty Upshaw was the one that... I was trying to remember who dragged him to the ice. It was oh, Scotty okay. Upshaw. I was like, it came out of nowhere. Scotty Upshaw! I just have hockey player Tourette's now. <laughs> Scream out hockey player names. Uh, Brenda Bullock! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Sorry, I won't do that anymore. The refs are just... A, they've already admitted that they do makeup calls. Mm-hmm. First and foremost. 
And like I said, the, the Stars are one of the least penalized teams in the league because we play, in general, not a dirty game. We don't hit a whole lot, in general. No. Like, we're not a hitting team. And in fact, that's something that Bruce Levine is mad about, that the Stars don't hit more. He thinks we need a big hitting forward defenseman thing. Hybrid. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he does think that because yeah. he's old school and that's what a lot of old school people think. But uh, the Stars don't hit a lot, which means we honestly take less penalties because a lot of those times those penalties come on hits where you end up boarding somebody or Getting whatever. somebody's head. Getting somebody's head. Um, charging. Taking them out at the knees. Yep, stuff like that. Hitting can go wrong, even with the most in- well-intentioned hit. And because we're a team that focuses on speed and skill, we don't hit, and therefore we don't get those stupid penalties. But I swear to fucking God, because they don't char- call us for those things, I, they're trying, they call us for shit that we don't do. Yeah. And I I feel like, you know, every t- every team gets penalties that could go one way or another called against them but the fucking rate but which i have seen shit like the foxa hold get called against the stars yeah and like honestly like our broadcast tries to be pretty good about it like they're not the kind like i think it's the the lightning broadcast actually i've they everything is not a penalty you know. Oh, I had to watch. Who were we playing I, the other night? I had to watch this this broadcast that was. I think it might have been the Montreal broadcast. Yeah, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like, there's su- there are a couple broadcasts that are super homers about penalties and stuff like that, and I do not feel the Stars broadcast is one of those. Most of the time, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you can't do that," or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, or like, "Oh yep, you took him out of the knees." <laughs> like. like <laughs> There, did you? There was a there was the something the other night where somebody got called for holding, and it clearly wasn't remotely close to holding. Like the guy was actually holding on to our player's stick, and we got called for holding or something yes. like that. And Jeff K goes blah 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 off for holding, <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty much the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I was like, really? Yes, that's true. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. That's what, but and, and so like I'm starting to get really, really salty and lose my zen about this because it's why, like, why aren't you? Thanks for joining me in Saltland. I know, I know. I've been salty about this for forever, and you keep saying roughing progresses to a mean. Regresses. Regresses to a mean is what I meant to say. My tongue got stupid. Yeah, well, I have that problem a lot. So. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Yeah, I've been here before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm. I will say that one thing, to, you know, going back to the whole playoffs thing, is they don't call as much in the playoffs. No. Which is kind of nice. And so I have a feeling that I will have less of these complaints in the playoffs. Of course, they don't call a whole lot against you, you know, for you either, but. I'd rather Unless just... you're Jonathan Taves. <laughs> that That's <one> time. so true. <laughs> Against the Red Wings, do you remember that? No, I, uh, I remember him being in the box a lot. It was the third game of that series where they came back to win four in a row to, mm-hmm. to advance to the finals. Um, and uh, he got three penalties called on in that game, and he was just, like, sitting in the box absolutely 
fuming. I remember that. Yeah. I definitely remember that. Yeah, that was the that was game three of that series, and they would they had lost that game and they had lost the previous two games, and everybody was like, Alright, Red Wings going. Hawks are getting bounced, but nope. Nope. So anyway. I think I'm, that was the Red Wings last season in the West. It was. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of how I feel about refing right now. Is I'm I'm just I'm disappointed in you. Do better. And like I don't I understand it is a difficult job and obviously hockey is really fucking fast, right? Like it's fast for us yeah, on TV. Yeah. And a lot of times refs don't get the benefit of video review unless it's like goddamn goalie interference, which they can't seem to agree on or get right 90% of the time because they can't agree on what the fuck actually constitutes goalie interference. Right. That's the problem. Hello Blackhawks, right? Like I know. Yeah. I know. At that point, it was like, well, you might as well try. <laughs> On the broadcast, Razor was like, okay, this is clearly goalie interference. And then they didn't call it. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> they didn't call it, and he goes, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I like, remember I, that. I don't even try. I don't even try anymore to be like, this was goalie interference. Or I don't even get mad about it, because at this point, there's literally, you could flip a goddamn coin. Yeah. Like, even, like, if we had the Detroit game from last year, when the guy was laying on top of, who was it, Kari? You mean when he pushed him into the net? Yeah, and like, yeah, guarantee you that's still probably not goalie interference this year. Probably not, because they don't know what goalie interference is. The GM, but but, but Gary Bettman says the system is perfect. I know, so and therefore it's clearly you're perfect. wrong. Clearly, if Gary and Bettman so is everyone said, else. If Gary Bettman says it, it's clearly true. It's about as perfect as the NHL.TV rollout, which was which was perfect. Per Gary Bettman. Yeah. No, it I know. About, That's what I'm saying. It went about as well as it yeah. could have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of it's perfect. People just need to play with it and stop complaining. You know, the, actually, the GMs are meeting right now in Boca Raton, and uh, they actually might be instituting changes to offsides. Uh, like, offsides cameras and stuff. Oh, yeah. And maybe taking, you know, going, taking that review away. We'll see. But, uh there, there might be changes coming because I think I think the GMs are probably annoyed with the goalie interference challenge as well. Well, good because it's annoying the shit out of me. And they're talking about expansion tomorrow. Ooh. I don't want an expansion draft. I don't really want an expansion draft either, but I'm. I mean, it's going to happen. Can you take Alexiak? <laughs> probably. Well, we're not going to protect him, so. Nope. And he's really tall. You could take him. You could take him. He would play for you. In your jersey, and not in mine. Las Vegas, whatever. I feel like they're going to be like the Las Vegas Aces or something like that. Actually, I don't see how they make it something that's not somehow gambling related. Oh, it's totally going to be gambling. The Las Vegas poker chips. (laughs) Somebody said it was dead. It was saying Las Vegas Knights, like like sword knights, but then it's also a pun because you got Las Vegas Knights. I don't hate that. I don't hate... I just... My main concern about the new team is that they wear purple. That's the only thing I really want out of this expansion team, is I want them to use purple as their main color. Good luck with that. They're gonna be red. Red is the color that instills fear. Aren't we lucky that we like a team that's green? We are lucky that we like a team that's green, because I look really good in green. I look great in green. It could be worse. We could be a team liking a team that was more orange. That would be the worst. Oh, God, it would be the could worst. Could you imagine if we were Flyers fans? No. That would be the worst. All offense meant to Flyers fans. 
Except for Sam Gagne, because I love him. Ah, we knew. We know. We know your Sam Gagne feelings. Yeah. Uh, so number four, we've talked a lot speaking about... Speaking of feelings. Speaking of feelings. Look at that sag. Uh... Tell us about Pev's Protects Night. So, it was really great. Um, we showed up early enough to sit there, um, to sit outside in the plaza for his um, little presentation that he did with uh, Razor before the game started. Um, and he kind of just, it was really, it was, it was cute because it was really obvious that he's not really one that likes to be in the spotlight, not really one that really wants to have to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, but... He mentioned in the talk that one of the reasons he wants to is that he feels that he's been given this platform because of what happened to him. And if and he kind of quoted some really sad statistics about it, that only 12% of people who have the kind of event that he did outside of a hospital survive it. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, yeah, 12% of people that have the same, the event. Because, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you've looked into this, or if they've looked into this, or anybody's looked into this, but, like, literally his heart stopped beating. Yes, I did like, know that. Yeah, like, and it's it's different from a heart attack, because in a heart attack, there's, like, a problem with the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a cardiac arrest like that, like, it's the, the electricity in your heart basically just goes, mm-hmm. and your heart stops. And um, without somebody in the arena who knew how to use the AED, the Automated External Defibrillator. Good job. Ah, thank you. Um, without somebody who knew how to use the AED, he would have—he—he he never would have come back. Like right. he would have just been dead. Uh, and so that's why it's only twelve percent of people. Because, and he—he he got talked to by a family who um, lost their son, who was playing hockey. At an arena that had an AED there, but nobody knew how to use it. Mm. And it, so it was one of, like, those kinds of stories where, like, not only, not like, some some places it's just not available, and that's why people die. But some places it is available, and nobody knows what to do with it. Right. Um, and yeah, there are instructions on it. Like, you know, you can pull out a booklet and read it, but in the moment, like, who's actually reading fine print on how to do this? Like, right. you need to have it trained so you know how to do it in a, in a scary situation like that. So... Um, he wants to put, like, that's what the Pez Protect Charity is all about, is that he not only wants to put more AEDs in communities, in civic centers, in, like, arenas and places where a lot of people gather like that, but also train people, more people, on how to use it. So when something happens, people are prepared. So that that's kind of a twofold kind of a thing. And obviously the training part aspect of it is probably a lot cheaper than how, actually buying these devices, because the devices themselves are actually really expensive. I did not know that. So, yeah, there, there's several thousand dollars, I believe, um, per device. So, medical equipment. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But um, he, he talked about a lot of things, um, kind of mentioned things like he really, one of the reasons he asked to go back into the game and asked how much time it was left is that he didn't realize that his heart had stopped. He thought he had passed out. <laughs> he, because, you know, that's still a good time to go back Yeah, Yeah, game. he thought he'd literally just kind of passed out for a minute. Like, you know, blood rush to the head or something like that. Like, he thought he'd passed out, and that's why he asked what if he could go back in. He did not realize how serious it was until much later. And he, like, it's kind of funny of, because the way he thinks about it, he doesn't think about it as something that happened to him mm-hmm. because he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember anything about that moment. Right. And he didn't have to deal with, like, his teammates, like, the things his teammates had to deal with. He didn't have to deal with what Lindy Ruff had to deal with. He had to deal with the aftermath around it, but, like, 
it, you know, he he has no particular memory of yeah, the trauma. He, he wasn't in the moment. He wasn't traumatized by it because he didn't literally doesn't remember it. Doesn't he doesn't remember his last shift at all. Remembers oh. his second to last shift, but does not remember the last shift. Um, and so he's kind of talking about that. Didn't realize like that he had like he didn't remember that he was sitting next to Jamie Ben and fell on Jamie Ben's lap. <laughs> like he he didn't know he didn't know that at all. Did not know how it had emotionally affected Jamie Ben until he was watching the the playing for Pev special. Oh my god! And like he he was like I I was sitting there watching the emotion on his face and I just had not realized how it had affected him. I'm about to cry. Yeah, well, I was. I was sitting there in the plaza, like, tears. Like, trying to tweet everything for people who weren't there. I would, like, I don't know if you saw that, but I was, like, trying to frantically tweet stuff, but also, like, wiping away my tears. Like, this is the worst. And then so. you can't use your phone because it's wet. I know, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I was, like, raining on my phone, so. Um, but it was, it was, it was really nice because he kind of, he talked about the fact that, like, I love the way he talks about the organization. I love the way he talks about the STARS organization. Because, and I love that we're fans of that organization. That that, or, that this is something that the organization placed a priority on. Is that making him feel like he still had a place. Even when they, it was kind of, kind of obvious that nobody was going to be able to clear him. Even that yeah. first year to play. Like, that Lindy Ruff said, we want you to stick around. What do you want to do? How can, how can we help you stick with us? And that's why they sent him down to Cedar Park and had him, you know, working with the kids down there and teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, he did a lot of face-off drills that season, did a lot of stuff on the ice with them. Um, so, I mean, I mean, like, you and I saw him. In, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he said that um, a big part of his emotional recovery was the people of Dallas, but also the people of Cedar Park. And, like, basically, like, being given this purpose. And he felt like because... Because Lindy Ruff made this space for him in the organization, it, like, literally helped him recover from, from everything that had happened. God damn it. I know. It was, it was, I, it was one of those moments where I was just, like, I was filled to the brim with all of this emotion and all of this love, not only for, like, hockey itself, but, like, everybody involved in the organization, and, like, it was, like, I wrote that thing for DVD, and I, like, that whole, the whole thing about, like, it's more than just a game, like, at the end, I, like, it really, like, these are the moments that you think of when you think of, like, it being more than just a game, and it is, like, this is one of the reasons I'm a sports fan is because there are so many stories like this where, you know, it's... It's just it's more than it's more than just what happens on the ice. Like it's yeah. people being freaking amazing, and I just it was great. I really I was so happy that that he I was so happy to hear him talk about it. So happy to hear like you know like he's excited about this kind of stuff. He went undrafted, which I didn't actually know because I didn't follow his early career. But um, he really is very excited about helping these kids that are, you know, that not necessarily top of the draft class, you know. Yeah. These, like, helping their hockey development, getting them kind of ready to go into the NHL, you know, like, physically, emotionally, mentally ready. And he's really excited about that. He gets to work from his home in, in um, Ontario. So he's just, it's, it was great. It was so freaking great. I really loved that night. Good. I'm glad. And then he dropped the puck, and Jamie... Uh, shook his baby's hand, and I might have died a little on the inside and the outside. <laughs> so, literally, my first thought when I learned that the Spetses had a new child today, because I had the—I don't know if you noticed on your way here, but the all the blue bonnets. On um. Them. Yes, I was talking on the phone with my friend Tess, and I was like, "Oh my god, the blue bonnets!" I was like, 
What if we get Spezza baby photos in the goddamn blue bonnets? Oh, Jesus. Like, this is my Christ first thought. I was like, yay, Spezza baby. And then I was like, Spezza baby blue bonnet pictures. For anybody who's not in I Texas. I would cry. I'm gonna cry right now just thinking about this. <laughs> For anybody who's not in Texas, this is like a <coughs> like a huge deal. The yeah. Blue like the blue bonnet is the official state flower of Texas. And like most states have a state flower. Like, I mean Kansas is the sunflower state. But like like most things, Texans are fucking wildly crazy about anything related to Texas and including the fucking blue bonnet. Like there are blue bonnets on our light our old license plates. Yes, there are. Like, the old license plates used to have a picture of a blue bonnet field. Because what happens, like, because they're a protected flower, and you, you can't mow them over, you can't jig them up or pick them or anything like that, you're not allowed to do that, because they are a protected flower, because they are the Texas state flower. Like, you just get these vast fields of blue bonnets in the spring, and it only lasts for a couple weeks, usually, or like two, three weeks, something like about that. about that, yeah. And... Everybody goes and takes like their fucking prom photos and What's stuff. What's really in the funny damn to me bonnet. too is it's not even just fields. Like it's literally on the side of the highway. Oh yeah, the, totally. Like yeah, those grassy knolls on the side of the highway before you get to the access road. People will literally stop on the side of thirty five and take freaking pictures in the blue bonnets. There, they have really good ones on two ninety. Actually, going um, to there was there were some great ones off of the uh, toll road because um, mm. I took the toll up. Because I was lazy. Um, And I actually overshot a new hope. (laughs) But uh, because I was so busy looking at blue bonnets. But there were some great ones along the toll road. There you go. If you need any, 183A near the Cedar Park Center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Near the Cedar Park Center. Really good blue bonnets for taking your own photos. But my point is, it's like a thing. And Spezza's Texan now. Spezza has been adopted. Yes. So, therefore, his brand new baby. I was also thinking... And this is getting ahead of myself, so I will very much knock on some wood. But I was actually literally today lamenting the fact that we didn't have any stars. Oh my god, I have to put in the car! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's gonna be so great! I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had a lot of emotion. <laughs> I know. And then the, then the announcement came, and I was like, ah, this was everything I was wanting. It was literally like it was foretold and preordained. For nine months. For nine months. <laughs> like, I should have None of us actually knew. None of us actually knew about this, but we probably should have. Oh, my God. But, yes. I, I need... Oh, did you know it's your fourth kid? Yes, I did. Fourth child. Dude, I did those aesthetic posts. You did do that. He is definitely in our our, our hot dads. Oh, yeah. Good old giggle giggle pizza. Giggle pizza. He, like, basically defines the hot dad. He does. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Patrick Sharp. And Patrick Eves. Um... (laughs) <laughs> did you see okay so i posted the game day thread today and that was a picture i used nice. <laughs> so aaron just tweeted me explain these facial expressions <laughs> and i tweeted back listen hockey is hard <laughs> um so i had one last thing i wanted to talk about before we get to reader questions the isabel cup the isabel cup because, as you may know, the NWHL had their first ever championship, and honestly, we probably would have talked about the earlier playoff round had I not been in Phoenix, and then we missed our normal podcasting day. That's a my bad. Yeah, that's a your bad. It's a my bad. Um, but 
last weekend, or rather two weekends ago, the first ever playoffs were had, and the Buffalo Buttes upset the Connecticut Whale, winning in three games after being shut out in their first. Their Twitter was really salty about it, too. The Whale? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real salty. I, the, the NWHL Twitter... It, Twitters, I should say, are really good. Yeah. The Buttes are probably my favorite Twitter uh, account, but the Whale are quite up there as well. But, uh, oh my god, the Buttes are hilarious, so they're big on the puns, which yeah. obviously wins me over. Right, right, right. I would, I, would, I would say the Buttes are the CBJ of NWHL Twitter. Nice. Does that make the Connecticut Whale the Kings? No, they're not terrible. No, they're salty, though, on their Twitter. Are they salty on their Twitter? I feel like the Connecticut Whale might be more like the Stars. Stars not that salty, though. They get salty sometimes. They only get salty with reason. That's true. They get salty when they need to get salty. That's true. They definitely use quotes and half our penalties. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I could see that. And then, uh, in to no one's surprise at all, honestly, uh, the Pride swept the... The Riveters, um, winning in two games, because it was a best-of-three series, and basically destroyed them. The first game, I think the score was something like 6-1, to one, and then the second game, it was 7-4. to four. They scored 13 goals against the Riveters. Um, the big surprise there, actually, was that Nana Fujimoto didn't play the Riveters' first games. It was Jenny Scribbins. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, she had had was kind of halfway like injured and really shouldn't have been playing but they put her in the second game and then she had to get pulled in the second game because she was halfway injured yeah and so that honestly probably did have a lot to do with it that they had kind of their backup goalie starting their playoff series yeah but the riveters just weren't a very good team this year and they were easily overwhelmed by the pride uh and then so the butte squared off against the pride for the final and the first game i didn't catch the second game uh, but the first game was ridiculously good fun. Ridiculously good fun. It ended up being won in overtime on a penalty shot. No, really? Yes. Oh. So, the what happened... I didn't get to watch either one. I, so, they happened on Stars Games Night. Yeah, and the first... I had to watch. Yeah, I know. In the first game, the Pride went up 2-0. The Buttes came back, tied it. The Then they went up 3 two and then the pride tied them and then it went into overtime and mclaughlin was fantastic throughout that game like three goals again four goals at at the end but she was fantastic throughout the entire game kelly stedman scored um but like so the pride were doing their usual thing and and, and honestly, like, throughout the first game, the Buttes did a really good job of limiting the Pride's shots. The Prides are so good, they averaged 44 shots a night Jeez. throughout the regular season. Against the Riveters, they put up over 50 shots in their two playoff games. Like, each? Each night. Okay. They had over 100 shots against right. the Riveters. I remember saying that now, yeah. And, and the, the Riveters had, like... 60. Yeah, that's something really slow, really small. Yeah, comparatively. Comparatively. Actually, no, I think it was closer to 40 or 50. Yeah. But the point is, it it was ridiculous. Um, so, and by the end of the third period, I think that they were around 30 shots. So 10 shots a period, which was really, really low for the Pride. So the Buttes had done a really good job limiting them defensively. And McLaughlin was on her, on her shit. And then 
in overtime, there was a really good shot, and then there was a scramble in the net because McLaughlin had blocked it, but then the rebound went right back to somebody else, and then somebody was trying to shove it across the goal line, and one of the defensemen, and I think it was Faltzer, ended up covering the puck with, I guess, her hand uh. to prevent it from going into the crease, so they award the pride a penalty shot. Because that, I mean, it, they were going by IIHF rules, and in IIHF rules, that's a penalty shot. Why are they going by IIHF rules? Um, because that's what they use for the NWHL. Because that's what most women hockey, women's hockey uses. Oh. Um, but. That sounds terrible. I'm so, they could have, I mean, and they could have not called it, but then it would have gone the other way, too, as being like, why didn't they call the clear penalty shot? Versus calling it and being like, we're deciding sudden death overtime on a penalty shot. And of course, it was Hillary Knight. And she had a sick move. Scored. They win the game. The second game wasn't nearly as close. Brianna Decker came out and just fucking dominated everybody. She's so good. We actually have a question about her. Do we have a question about her? Yeah. Well, I thought my, that was my question. Uh, yeah. uh, my, no, okay, My sorry. question was, it's- how good is Brianna Decker and why won't she marry me? Yeah, and then, sorry, I was uh, I was thinking of Brianna McLaughlin. Oh, that's... Well, she was really good. She was really, really good. And the shout, it's a shout-out to her mom for being the nicest, apparently. Oh, her mom is really cool. Her mom retweets all of our Butte stories, actually, oh, on today's really Slapshot. Nice. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, her mom is cool as shit. So, and she actually did a really great uh, interview, um, and I'll link it whenever we post the podcast. She did a really great interview with the hockey writers, uh, just talking about what it's like to be... You know, what it was like to, to raise a, a, a hardcore women's hockey player and then to realize that she didn't have any options after right. college. Anywhere and, to go. And kind of what it's like to be now an NWHL mom versus a retired hockey mom. Right. So that was a really cool, cool experience. But congratulations to the Pride. You, it was a well-deserved championship. They are, uh, were clearly the best team all season. And I just don't know if I can be happy for anything from Boston. But Hillary Knight. Yeah, but Boston. Brianna Decker. Boston. Blake Bolden. I mean, you see, these names mean nothing to me because I don't watch as much NWHL as you. Ugh. They're a really good team. And I'm I know a- they are, and I'm not. I'm not actually begrudging them because I don't watch that NWHL <laughs> women's hockey, and not because I don't want to, because I really just don't have the time. Yeah, but because uh, I'm already covering one one team. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Uh, well, their season's over, so I'm actually I'm really curious to see how free agency shakes out because all of the women in the NWHL were only on one year contracts. Oh wow! So and they did that on purpose, right? right. Because they wanted to to see how the league was going to go, and they didn't want to lock anybody in, and if they didn't like the league, because obviously so brand new but i have a good feeling about this free agency period and i think we'll see some pretty big shakeups. and i wouldn't be surprised if the boston pride broke up a little bit like we'll probably see their core pieces hillary knight decker uh gg marvin um who was fantastic in the playoffs as well um uh, bellamy all stay together i wouldn't be surprised Brittany ott probably too these okay again these main uh marvin is a defense okay no 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 I wasn't asking you to explain it. I was asking us to move on. <laughs> okay. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if all of the, the core right. stuck to, stayed together, but you saw some of the, the um, fringer, fringe pieces move around. Fringer like, pieces? Fringier, f- fringiest pieces. Fringe, the fringiest piece? The fringiest pieces. Um, like, they have two really, really good centers in, in Dempsey and um, 
uh, Lanas, who will probably both, or I wouldn't be surprised if one of them moved on to try and get a bigger contract and more playing time because they were both really good, but always behind, beyond, you know, Knight and Decker in the depth chart. Cool, let's go on to questions. <laughs> Sorry, you don't like women's hockey. It's not time. that I don't like women's hockey. It's that this is a Stars podcast and we're already at 50 minutes. Oh my god. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Question from Chuck. What do we need to sacrifice to get Joe Ben, Daddy, and Klinger back? Related, everyone is injured. Is all hope lost? Um, all hope is not lost. <clears throat> this is literally what Nil was talking about when he's not. Yeah, when he was mm-hmm. talking about depth in our organization. Like we obviously have some good pieces that we've brought up from the Texas Stars. We obviously have. Um, I mean, like Steve, John's. It's only it's only two games, but he did really well the first game. Yeah, not as great the second game, but it was also his literally his second game in the NHL. So, yep. um, I think I think he should be fine. Um, we have some people who are more seasoned down in Texas, in Texas, in Cedar Park that we can bring up if we needed to as well. Um, and uh, a couple of those guys are actually really close to coming back, and we'll be back before the end of the season. So, yep. Um, Demers is really the only one I think that they for sure called for the end of the, like for yeah the end he's of the out season. he's yeah. done so there but the rest of them I think that will be fine um, but if you really want to sacrifice something I recommend um, I don't know a pigeon um a chicken I feel like the hockey gods a javelina I don't even know what that is it's one of the oh it's one of the goats uh, oh. the goats the boar one of the boar. <laughs> <laughs> native to Texas. Born native to Texas. Okay, good to know. Yeah. The, uh, the ranch. <laughs> ranch life. Ranch life. <laughs> Hashtag ranch life. I feel like the hockey gods prefer, like, more of the the meat and potatoes type sacrifices, though, like food sacrifices. Well, how about I, they take Alexiak? I didn't mean human. <laughs> I meant more like offerings. Oh. I'll like, cook him a nice steak dinner and... There you Throw go. it outside. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want from me, hockey gods? I want brownies. I want brownies, too. The hockey gods want brownies. They can be mailed to my address. We will make sure they're good enough for um, the hockey gods. Then I'll throw one out the back door. Probably. I'll, uh, we'll light it on fire. <laughs> With Patrick Kane shirts and your girl? <laughs> Are they still in your girl? Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't grilled anything, so I haven't even cleaned it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jen asks, how great would a Cap Star Stanley Cup Finals be? Your thoughts on how our deadline trains are working out for the Stars? Not a question, but you should... Oh, we already did this. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so, yes. Thoughts on how deadline trades are working out for the Stars. The only one that I know... Like, we the only, only did, one we did Chris Russell. We've already talked about him. We're happy about Chris Russell. Um, how great would a Cap Star Stanley Cup Finals be? That would be interesting. It would be fast. It would be fast and high event. High event. It would definitely be high event. I will say, so I was looking at all the records. I was looking at everybody's records the other day. And I put. I actually put these up on the blog if anybody wants to scroll through them. The caps aren't as good as their record is. Five on five, their play actually is not as good as the stars. Which we've seen. I think we beat them in both games mm-hmm. that we, we played against them. Um, but they, had, they were buoyed for a lot of the season by the play of Holtby who was unbeatable for a stretch of, like, 20 games. Holtby for heart. Um, but he's come back to earth. And now you're starting to see them 
lose a couple more games or go to overtime a little bit more. And they're still a very, very, very good team. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not a bad idea to pick them coming out of the East. Right. But they are not unbeatable. Right. And they have now this mythos kind of around their team that they are unbeatable because of their early play and because of Holtby's early play. But it was never that they yeah, were. Yeah, but we had that in. mythos going into January. Yeah. <laughs> and then we all know how January happened for the stars. Right. And they just haven't had their January. Right. They haven't had their January yet. They've been good enough to avoid having a complete breakdown, kind of like we did, because their goaltender is not Kari Lettinen and Antinyemi, to be honest. Like, our play was not great in January, but it was not as bad as our record was. And that's the kind of the difference. Yeah. Anyway, a Stanley Cup final between the two of them would be great. I would be totally down. And I don't have any particular feelings for the Cups, so I'd be fine with hating them later. <laughs> I feel like it the I feel like coming out of the East it might either be the Caps or the Lightning. I feel the Lightning Oh, are, well that would be fine then. The Lightning are super strong right now too. Yeah. Um do you think the Stars are having a play till their skill set skill level of opponents issue? If so, how does that bode for the playoffs? If not, and their post-New Year's troubles or something else, how does that bode for the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do think that they... that That's continually been one of their issues, is that they play down to the skill level of their opponents. Um, the issue the other day with the Montreal Canadiens was that they couldn't get as low as the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> were playing... It was. They were trying, and they couldn't. They just couldn't hit the basement that the Canadians had hit. And I was thinking that as I watched that game, I was like, "Wow, the Canadians really suck." And I was like, "We're trying to suck, but we can't suck that hard." Like, it was. It was pretty atrocious, but um, it was. Uh, they they still do. They still do have that issue. Um, but I don't foresee it being as much of an issue in the playoffs because they're not playing terrible teams in the playoffs. They, they're more than likely the draw is going to be against the Blues or the Blackhawks, and in both cases, there's no way they can't play down. Like if they're playing down to the level of their competition, it's a really high level. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we'll be fine. We'll be fine there. I think the issue would be is if we get the draw against the Abs. Yeah, that would certainly be an issue because that would yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't play well against the Abs for whatever. Mm-hmm. Never have. Never have. We play, or I haven't for the last couple years. Anyway. We play horribly in Denver. So anytime we would go to Denver to play that game, it's almost a scheduled loss. Yeah, we need somebody to bounce the abs before we hit them. And um, so I think my, I think my, pref- is this actually a question? I think this is a question. Yes, it is. Oh, I will, you I related that, yeah. I will not say it yet. But um, I think my main concern, actually, going back to this particular question, what their post-New Year's troubles are, is goaltending. Yeah. It's same, straight up. It's straight the same thing that it was last year. And, uh, like, the reason that we have a better we have a better record this year is because it is better than it was last year. Yes. But, and that was all we were asking for, was it for it to be, for it to be better than it was last year. The issue is it's not actually still late league average. Like, for a while it was right at league average, yeah. and that's when we won all our games, but now we're below league average. Still better than it was, but not good. And right. And I guess the idea is, and so Lettinen's getting another start tonight, and I guess the idea is that regardless of, like, who's hot or who's not, they're probably both not going to have terrible slumps at the same time. Right. Except that they did in January. Right. 
So going into the playoffs, that would be my concern. Yeah. Is whether or not they're both going to start slumping. The goaltending is always going to be my concern. Well, we have... Yeah, until we get... Until we get the savior of all hockey goaltending. Yeah. It's going to be my concern. And I think... And so many people are now bagging on Nil for spending the amount of money that he did. And honestly, like, he didn't spend a lot of money. He signed on Tiniemi because no one was going to take Kari Lettinen's $6 million contract. Yeah. Like, that's the difference is, like, well, okay, yes, we could have signed a $900,000 goalie. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have necessarily been better, though. It wouldn't have been better. It yeah. wouldn't have because then at that point you're still expecting Kari to carry the load, and we've already proven that Kari can't carry the load. So we need over s- several years, right? So we need somebody who could come in and shoulder a responsibility, which means you need a second starter, which means you p- need to pay for a second starter. Yeah. And the only way that he wouldn't have been ha- would have been able to spend less money is if he could offload Kari's contract. But no one was going to take that contract after that year. Nobody's going to take it after this year. Probably Nobody's going to take it. Well, we could we could work something. I feel like after this year where he has been better. Yeah. And we have had a winning record. And Kari has had a winning record because wins matter to people. That's true. We could offload his contract. Last year, I don't think we could have offloaded no. his contract. No. Nope. Nope, nope. All right. So it is my turn. Anon asks... Who would you like to see from the Eastern Division in the Stanley Cup Finals, and who do you think will be in the Finals? Also, do you think the Stars will have a real shot at making it all the way? And then I added a related thought. What would be the ideal matchups for the Stars in the first rounds? Do we have any thoughts? To the Eastern Conference. All right, who would you like to see from the Eastern Conference? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. I think I would like to see the Lightning. I think of all the teams, they're probably my favorite that would be coming out of the Eastern Conference. You, so you mean in, if they went out to win a Stanley Cup? Like, you wouldn't mind them winning a Stanley Cup? Yeah, or? like I like them like on a personal level. Oh, okay. Not okay. like I like them on a predictive level. I'm getting a weird cramp cramp <laughs> thing. So, yeah. Um, well, Ben Bishop has always has been like one of my favorite goalies for a while, so I don't feel like I would mind the, the Lightning... I also honestly do not think that I would mind seeing the Caps finally make it. Yeah, I like the Caps a lot too. I think I think I don't I don't, I don't really love them. I don't hate them, but it, I'm kind of ambivalent towards them the way that I am to the overwhelming majority of the East. Yeah. So I don't. It doesn't. The only t- the only other team I think I would kind of like would be the Penguins. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always want the Penguins to do well in general, but if the Stars are going to be playing them, I don't want it to be the Penguins. Right, and I don't... Because I, I, I want to continue to love the Penguins. That's true. Um, I don't think... I don't even know if Detroit's going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Islanders or the Rangers are very good. Um, obviously, I don't want the Bruins to win. Uh, the Bruins! Uh... And then Florida is just not that good. They're fine, but they're not that good. Um, Although, how cool would it be if they... If yeah, I mean, to be fair, if I, if I was wrong, yeah. and they won the Stanley fucking Cup, fuck it, I'll party on, right? Like, I'm, I'm not... A, I like the Panthers. I like them as a, an organization for the most part. I thought... Um, I don't really like Dale Talon, but I like the organization for the most part. Um, so, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, would you want Ekblad to lift the Stanley Cup before John Klingberg? No, 
but I'm more okay with the Panthers winning than, like, the Bruins. Well, yes, obviously. I'm more okay with the Flyers winning than the Bruins. (laughs) Fuck the Flyers. But that would also mean that Sam Gagne won, so. There you go, right? And then fuck the Oilers harder. (laughs) Fuck the Oilers harder. (laughs) So true. Um, Who do I think will be in the final? I think it'll be the Lightning. I think it'll be the Lightning again. They have the pieces. They're peaking at the right time. Bishop is playing really well. Their defense is playing really well. They had offensive issues earlier in the season. Those kinks all seem to be worked out. They're on a roll at the right time. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Okay, so do we think that the Stars have a real shot of making it all the way? Yes. I think so, too. And I say this with the caveat that not the abs <laughs> caveat that we don't get the abs in our first round matchup but also kind of even with the analytical perspective behind it mm-hmm. when i was doing the rolling average charts i did i looked at offense and defense independently and then i not you know because a lot of people lump them together like when you look at a percentage you're lumping both offense and defense together and so i looked at offense and defense separately and for the most part, we have been a very good defensive team. We had a dip in January, and we actually were on a little bit of a downtrend over the last couple of games, but not not as bad as January was. Um, but our offense has been consistently the best in the league. Yeah. 100%. There is not a team better at scoring goals than we are. True. And like we just said, the big issue is going to be whether or not our goaltending is fine. Because like I've said all season, we can outscore, if we let have, we can score three goals or more at any fucking game. Well, and also, I mean, let's talk about the hashtag intangibles. Mm-hmm. Because we, I mean, yes, obviously, we have the the scoring prowess to do this. But I also think that, like, like you can't, I don't, I don't, personally don't feel like you can overrate having people who have already won in the room. Mm-hmm. And that is true this year for the first time. Because I don't think anybody had won anything in last time we were there. I feel like there might have been one person, but it would be somebody rando. It was somebody... If, if there was one person, it was somebody super random, and I cannot remember who it would have been. Oh, Tim... No? Was that Tim Thomas's year, or was that last year? Tim Thomas was... Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, okay, Tim Thomas. Sorry, just kidding. It was Tim yeah. Thomas. But anyway, he doesn't count. So... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh... <clears throat> I, like, having having people in every single position now mm-hmm. that have won Cubs, that know what a long, deep playoff run is like, that know what to expect out of that, I don't, I really just don't feel like you can discount any of that experience in the room, even though it doesn't necessarily have to do with, like, playing on the ice. Like, right. But just having that kind of, like, veteran presence. Well, and, like, and honestly, like, Sharp said this in an interview, I think, after the Blackhawks win. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, and he said it all year, right? Like, this is what they've been saying since fucking training camp, basically. Like, since we started that crazy win streak in October, November, is like their idea is to never get too high or too low. Mm-hmm. And that's not something we had without right. Sharp and Oduya. Right. It's, it's something that's very, very new to the club. And I think that's something that could work very well in our favor. And, and our goaltending might let us down. It might. It just may happen that way. Right. But 
with how tight people say these games get, and they have in past years, I'm not going to say they haven't, if they've got a... We can beat any defense. Mm-hmm. We can beat any goaltender. Mm-hmm. We have beat any defense. We mm-hmm. have beat mm-hmm. every goaltender. We can score against every single team. True. And we can score a lot against True. every single team. So even if our goaltending is shaky, even if we give up three goals, we can win that game and we can win that series. Yes. Even if we give up three goals every fucking game. Yes. We can win that series. Yes. It's just a matter of not letting ourselves get blown out. Right. And that's a matter of goaltending. Not more than three. Not more than three. Three Three is the three absolute... Three is the hard limit. Stop. <laughs> hard stop. Hard stop. You've got to build the brick wall after that. Yeah. But I, I, I really... Anybody who gets into the playoffs can win. Yes. Uh, even... I, even if going into the playoffs, everything about your metrics is ridiculous, mm-hmm. something can happen right at the right at the right time. Shea Weber going in, getting injured last year. Yeah, so I mean, it, any literally anything can happen in the playoffs. If Shea Weber hadn't gotten injured in what was like the second game of that series yeah. between Nashville and Chicago, yeah, how different would it have been? Or or um, the year before that, Bishop getting injured. Bishop getting injured. They got swept that season. In the first round. That wouldn't have happened. No. Bishop getting injured in that same... Next year. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lightning losing to the Blackhawks in six. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he was playing literally with a groin strain. Yes, he was. He was not as good of a goaltender because he couldn't be. <laughs> I just remembered that Anders Lindback was the backup goalie. Oh, yeah. The, in, that, in that sweep, that first round sweep. Yeah. Then guess who signed him after that? Mm-hmm. It was Team Dallas. <laughs> Uh, so, what would be our ideal matchup for the Stars in the first round? I'm, the Blues, maybe? The Blues or the Blackhawks? I don't want... I, I don't, I, no, so I think, I, my, my ideal matchup, I think, would be the Blues. Nashville. Uh, I'd rather have the Blues. Would you? I think so. I think so. I think, um... As chippy as that round would be, I'd rather get the chippy round out before we get further in and more beat up. Um, I would also, I also, I'm a little more worried about the Preds defense than I am about the Blues defense. I'm not that worried about the Preds defense because Rene is shit this year. Yeah, but he's the goal. I'm talking about Shea Weber and. Oh, Seth Jones isn't there anymore. Seth Jones is not. But Roman Yossi is. But Roman Yossi is still there. I'm not that worried about the Preds. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm just, I'm not worried. I'm more worried than I am about the Blues, is all I'm saying. It's like, on a scale, I'm still tipping over into not worried, mm-hmm. but they're low, they're higher on the... I do think the Stars-Blues matchup is almost inevitable yeah. at this point. Like, that's how it feels. Like, I, I just feel like this is what's going to happen, regardless. And I hope that Radic facts a absolute clothesline Scotty up <laughs> And doesn't get a penalty called on him. That's our playoff prediction. That's my <laughs> playoff prediction. Um, but uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say I wouldn't mind having the Preds. I just don't want it to be a Pacific team at all. I don't. I don't want us to have to fly back and forth for be. the first round. I don't think it will be because the only way it would be a Pacific team is if they took a wild card spot. Because there's no way we don't finish in the top three of the Central. If we t- finish in the first, first we'd have to play the eighth. Yeah, but the eighth seed right now is either going to the, be the Abs or the um, 
Or the wild. Is anybody close to them? Nope. Uh. It's very unlikely that it's going to be a Pacific Division team. I think, I think the next closest team is the Canucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. The it's, it, the only one that's not really a lock is going to be is going to be that final wild card, and that's going to be either the Avs or the Wild. Um. So we'll be fine, as far as that's concerned. First round, and I that to that point, the playing St. Louis would be shorter travel. Yeah, it would be very short. Though we would probably have. Um, Arizona is actually closer. Oh well, there you go. But it's still not going to happen. There's seven points out. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, so I'm going to ask the next question. Okay. What are your impressions of Stephen Johns, and should he stay on the roster? Well, Stephen Johns is an adorable beanpole of a person. Uh, shaved his beard before he left Cedar Park, so he should I don't know if I like that. Dallas a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I like it either. He's ginger, though. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, we do need more ginger beards on the everybody, team. Everybody should have a ginger beard. I mean... I like ginger beards. Um, but he, I mean, like I said, like we've said before, we I liked his first game. I thought his first game was really solid. His second game, not so much. But it's a two-game sample sample size. I so. will say, he was wearing the captain's Arden band in Cedar Park. He was he was wearing the C yeah, in he was. Um, Cedar Park because Travis Morin's injured. And clearly the organization has a lot of faith in him. Mm-hmm. So... I think he'll stay up, um, especially because Demers is not coming back, right? Without him, we might get Jordy Ben in the lineup, so we might get see a healthy scratch here and there. Um, we'll get Klingberg back, so you might see a healthy scratch there and there. But I think really it's going to come down between Nemeth, Ben, and Alex uh, Nemeth, Ben, Alexiak, and Johns probably all vying for that the last pairing. And uh, hopefully they'll just leave a lemon Nemeth and Alexiak out of that. Then we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I honestly haven't been impressed, impressed by Nemeth, but I still feel confident in his potential. Um, so I do think, but I think, I don't think there's any way that J- they send Johns back down unless they have to. And that all depends on when Jordy Ben comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he'll definitely be up for the playoffs. I have a, no doubt he will be up for the playoffs. They were talking about something with the Texas Stars making the playoffs too, but I don't remember what that was about. Well, so Johns was already assigned to the Texas Stars when he needed to be to be eligible for the playoffs. So he'll be fine there. He's in Dallas on what's called an emergency call. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. So that means that he can go back and forth as long as there is an injured player on the Dallas roster without any sort of penalty. Um, The issue would be assigning somebody from Dallas to who was Dallas to the AHL who wasn't an emergency call-up, um, which I can't remember who it would be, maybe Foxa at the time. Let's let's pretend Foxa was not an emergency call-up. And uh, would be assigning Foxa to the AHL. You're only allowed to do four transactions that way prior to the AHL playoffs, unless right. there is an emergency. Right. So it, it wouldn't be an issue about getting Johns back down for the playoffs. No, that wasn't what I was talking about, but thanks for all that information. What I was talking about was I thought that I'd seen that they were going to send him back if Texas got... They, they said they were, but I don't know if I actually read that or not. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he was a black ace. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Honestly, I think that's all we really have time for tonight because the game is about to start it is about to start and i need to get food in me before it does 
So I'm Carolyn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I am Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Beardiest Ladies. Um, or you can email us if you have a longer question or con- comment or whatever at beardiestladies at gmail.com. You can also find our official Tumblr at twobeardedladies.tumblr.com and our official blog at twobeardedladies.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye!